My name is Georgia Elliott-Smith. I'm an environmental engineer and I'm the managing director of sustainability consultancy Element 4. In my personal life, I'm also a political and legal activist, demanding that the UK government implements better regulation and fiscal policies that meaningfully reduce pollution and halt climate change. In my role as UNESCO's Special Junior Envoy for Youth and the Environment, I have been privileged to speak to young people all over the world about environmental protection. So what is my work and how does it relate to climate change? Well, at Element 4, we work with companies across diverse sectors like finance, manufacturing, property and construction and healthcare to create sustainable practices to really understand the UN Sustainable Development Goals and how it applies to them. We help businesses to identify and eliminate waste and pollution. We audit their practices and we help them introduce better procedures. We educate people from the boardroom right through the organisation. And crucially, one of the key things that we do is help them to understand and measure their greenhouse gas emissions, putting in place actions to reduce them and setting science-based targets that are aligned with the Paris Agreement. And really through this practical work, I find I'm at the coalface, meeting hundreds of business people who have a genuine desire to protect the environment, but feel thwarted by a lack of support, a lack of understanding, by failure of government to put in place strong regulation and fiscal policy that drives the right behaviours. And effectively what this does is creates a sustainability premium that penalises those who are trying to practise more responsible business. Although the principle of polluter pays was enshrined in the Rio Declaration in 1992, often we find the polluter doesn't pay. In fact, the polluter often profits. Whether it's through accidental pollution incidents or a more fundamental role like the manufacture of single-use plastics or toxic chemicals, or maybe levelling natural habitats for development, those businesses that degrade the environment frequently profit while society is left to pick up the tab. It's the community, through our taxes, that pays for the disposal of waste. It's our health services that pick up the tab, dealing with the health effects of air and water pollution and its future generations that will be left to suffer as a result of the worst effects of climate change. I frequently see resistance to change in businesses who have learned that in practice, agencies that are supposed to identify and penalise pollution are underfunded and toothless. Environmental destruction goes unpunished and often the cost of cleanup is cheaper than the cost of compliance. On the one hand, ministers make grand speeches about climate ambition, but I've seen firsthand through my legal activism, ministerial correspondence that demonstrates behind closed doors, policies are being implemented that are knowingly not aligned with net zero, that contribute to the ongoing pollution of the planet and protect the profits of the most polluting industries, such as oil and gas. So why is COP26 important to my work? Well, COP26 comes at a really vital point in our history. Despite previous treaties and declarations and commitments, greenhouse gas emissions are at record highs and they are continuing to rise. We now have indisputable evidence that our past approaches have failed. It's now time to try something different and COP26 is our opportunity to do this. The old networks, the old negotiating terms, the old cronyism has failed to deliver meaningful change and prevent climate disaster. Every day that we delay taking meaningful action is another bite out of our remaining global carbon budget. Every day we delay, the global decarbonisation curve becomes steeper, demanding future cuts for industry that are deeper and faster than before, making greater demands. If women's voices were equally represented at COP26, what difference would it make? Well, Julia Gillard said, 
If you believe, as I do, that merit is equally distributed between the sexes, then any result that isn't around half and half should be troubling. By excluding women from the negotiating table, we are depriving ourselves of some of the most insightful and skillful negotiators, some of the most educated, passionate and well-informed authorities on this subject. We cannot solve the problems of the past by relying only on the same narrow section of society whose perspectives, priorities and decisions have brought us to this point in history. We are facing the fight for our lives and we need all hands on deck to prevent this ship from sinking. Those in power have shown that they do not have the necessary tools to repair our broken systems. It is time for change. It's time for women to be brought to the table.